Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad you could join us. You're about to listen to a special message from Pastor Ryan Iverson of Love City Church. We think it's going to speak to you. So whatever you're doing, wherever you are, sit back, relax. Here it is. Amen. Well, come on. I got a, I got a word for you today. This word, is, um, I didn't even have to spend much time uh, asking God what to talk about. The moment Harrison asked me, the Holy Spirit right away said, I want you to impart this thought into their heart because we're also a church plant. We're four years old uh, in our journey, and uh, I've been a lead, lead pastor for just about um, about four years now, but done every, probably everything else in the church, uh, plus a janitor and everything, you know, usher and children's ministry and campus pastor. And so, I, you know, I, I've, been, I've, I've been in all the different areas, so um, now the Lord asked me to be a lead pastor, and it's a great privilege. But here's my family. Um, I'll do this picture instead. I don't know if you can see that, but that's my my wife, obviously, my daughter Brea, and my son Ezra, and those are uh, their fake smiles. <laughs> this is their real smile. This is my, my daughter Brea, who she's in grade seven and twelve years old, and my son Ezra, who's grade uh, four and nine years old, going to be ten. So that's my family, and I love them, and there's nothing more important to me than them. Uh, and I live my life to disciple my family to serve Christ. Amen. Come on, you guys have a mission here at Love City Church. Our mission is to lead people into authentic relationship with Christ by doing whatever it takes. Come on, we have a mission here at Kingdom Church, the St. Albert and the region beyond, to lead people into an authentic relationship with Christ by doing whatever it takes. And today I want to talk to you a little bit about your mission and something that God has been speaking to me that I've actually been imparting into our church and had an opportunity to impart into multiple different environments in the last several months with this thought, because I believe that this is a powerful thought, that if you can get this as a church, you're going to do just uh, what that mission is, and you're not just going to do it out of duty or out of obligation, but you're going to do it with joy and peace and love and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. And so I want to invest a little bit today into not only the whole of a church, but also you today. My prayer would be is that you would take off your uh, years of uh, experience at church for a moment, And when I begin to talk about what I'm going to talk about today, don't check out because it's easy to check out when you hear something that feels elementary. But I'm on a mission to make the basics beautiful. The basics are what what we're required of to make beautiful in our lives. And if we can just stick to the basics of things in our life, we'll become strong followers of Jesus Christ. And it's very simple. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And love your neighbors yourself. And say, I got that. I, I got that all figured out. Well, every church on the planet has that as their mission statement. And there's a reason why. Because the simplicity of that reality is what God wants us to do. He just wants us to love him and love people. There's a powerful reality behind leading people into an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. And often as a young church plant, you know, the, the heart behind the team is go, 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 go. You know, let's do this. Let's go. Let's take take the world by force. You know, let's let's make this happen. And then over time, I don't know if you've felt this at all in the journey, it begins to get a little bit laborious. And it gets a little bit of work. And you got to show up again early. I mean, you guys have an 11 o'clock service. So we're there at 730 or 7 o'clock on a Sunday morning. And, oh, okay, here we go again. And we had to set up for the first three years. And you guys have been blessed to not have to do too much of that. So bless you. But it's hard setting up 37 panels of this pipe and drape every Sunday morning, you know, you get laborious, and you get, oh man, here we go again, and you know, we're going to do another Sunday gathering. 
gathering. We're going to do another outreach. We're going to have another small group. And, and then COVID hits, and everyone, nobody can cough on each other anymore. And it's like, you know, it's the end of the world. And it's like, okay, and I don't want to be insensitive to those uh, who, you know, one way or the other. I'm not here to take a position on COVID. I'm just saying, Jesus still reigns on the throne. He, he can still heal and still redeem and still transform. And his church is still uh, moving forward and advancing. And the gates of hell will not prevail against God's church. And so... Here we are today, you know, having church, face masks, no face masks, singing our hearts out, ex excited about what God's doing. But over time, as you know, with anything, with your marriage, with your children, with your relationships, with your schooling, you get excited in the beginning, and then things start to get a little bit more work. You start to get a little bit more heavy. You get to start a little bit like the yoke was once easy and exciting, and now it's a little bit heavy. Now it's a little bit more challenging. Now i got to actually begin to like, you know, i got to spend time with this person even though I love them. I just don't really like them. I don't like serving with this person on this team. I actually don't like I love them, but I don't like them. I don't like my spouse right now. I don't like my friends right now. I don't like my professor right now. I don't like the, 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 uh, the you know, the... The, the government right now. I just feel like it's laborious. And I don't know about you, but even this weekend, I was feeling, man, things are feeling a little hopeless. Things are starting to feel a little heavy. Are we making an impact? Are we reaching lost people? Are, are we seeing more marriages restored and disciples made? And it just feels like sometimes we're just going through the motion. And, you know, we're just showing up. And we're just doing our thing. And, and I'm looking the part. And we're doing it. And we're trying our best. But do you... Do you, do you do you relate to what I'm saying? It just starts to feel a little bit heavy, a little bit laborious. And, and I want to encourage you today with something that the Lord spoke to my heart. I want to uh, just give you the title here today. It's just a, a title. Because, the title, if you're taking notes, is Because of Your Love. Because of Your Love. I want to read in a text today in Ephesians chapter 4. You can open your paper Bible. Anybody have a paper Bible here? You're welcome to open it up if you want. The scriptures will be on the screen, but I encourage you to open it up, get your pen out. Maybe something will jump out you can underline, and you can go back and study later. I want to encourage you. This isn't a fast food restaurant, okay? We want to, we're like a, a Hello Fresh, okay? We want to give you the ingredients to go home and make it yourself. So don't come to church on Sunday expecting to get fed. Feed yourself. You want to grow in your walk with God. You want to see God do mighty things. Don't let Harrison be your priest. Let Harrison be somebody who can be your pastor and lead you towards the way of God. But you got to read your Bible yourself, folks. You got to get the Word of God in your heart yourself. You got to be a devourer of God's Word yourself. Amen. And the only way, listen, the only way that you can experience the life and the love and the fruit that God has for your life is to stop coming to church waiting for Him to feed you and stop feeding yourself every day. Amen. I'm an elder at the church, so I get to just say whatever I want. So forgive me, because that's what I'm doing today. <laughs> Come on, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, it says that, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Now that word worthy there is the word weighted. It's the word it's heavy. It's this idea that there's something put on you that left to yourself, it's difficult to carry. It's heavy. It's weighted, it's big, it's large, it's impacting. It has impact, it's, it's this weighted, walk 
lead a life, lead others into an authentic relationship with Christ. Lead your life in a way that's weighted with the calling, that is worthy and deserving of the call of God. Why? Because you've been called by God. Now, you've got to recognize something today. This church has been called by God. It is so fascinating and so fantastic and fascinating to see how God is moving in Kingdom Church. Your guys' finances are doing amazing, and God's moving, and people are finding Christ, and you're doing all the things that you're doing in this community. God has a call for Kingdom Church. You know, we can't expect a two, three-year-old child to, to, to know how to do things that adults can do. And so you're just a baby. We're just baby a baby church. But God has a call for your life. He's got a plan for your life. He's got a purpose for you. He's got something for you that's weighted and big. Not only as a church, but individually, God has something for your life. He's got a purpose for your heart. He's got a dream for your existence. He's got something for you to do that is above, above and beyond all that you can ask or dream or imagine. That no eye has seen and no ear has heard and no mind is conceived the things the Lord has prepared for those that love him. So you have a call of God on your life. This church has a call on its life. The great things God has in store are immeasurable in the hands of God. So you have something great, and you've got to recognize today that there is a weight, that there is a weighty call of God on this church. But then Paul continues. He says this, always be humble. So now he tells us how to carry, how to lead a life worthy. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Because this is how you carry that weighty call. It says you got to be humble, gentle, patient with each other, make allowance for each other's faults because of your love. So how do we accomplish this weighty call? Well, your love. This whole sentence here, this whole two verses here is attached to one idea. It has to do with your love. It has to do with your love for people. It has to do with your love for God. In order for you to fulfill the call of God on yourself, on your life, personally, and as a church, in order for you to be able to carry the weighted call that God has for your life, it all comes down to your love. It all comes down to your love for people, and it all comes down to your love for God. And the reality is, is that... Um, I don't know about you, but when it comes down to love, and I love people who uh, crucify me and criticize me and talk bad about me. I get an email every week. I said something wrong. I'm like, I'm sorry. I pronounced that Greek word incorrectly. <laughs> My bad. You know, like all sorts of things. I'm sure in your life, and your job, there's criticism. There's, you're trying to love the unlovable. You try to love your parents. You try to love your family. You try to love your friends. You try to love the people who get mad at you in the store for maybe not wearing a mask, or maybe you're wearing the mask too much, and the other people get mad at you. Oh, there's love and patience. And I don't know about you, but our staff calls it hashtag compassion fatigue where I just get sick and tired of loving people I get sick and tired of people you know it's like you know sometimes people walk in the back of the church and they look like someone who hurt me I'm like oh they're probably gonna hurt me too that's called cynicism <laughs> you know you just kind of start getting like just it's, it's weighty to have to love this person it's weighty to have to care for these, these people. It, it's just, it's heavy, and it's, it's challenging, and it's difficult. And what happens is, is that when we begin to experience compassion fatigue, our tank, our tank gets empty. So we continue to try to love, but our tank is empty. And then we begin to feel hopeless. And then we begin to feel purposeless. 
And then we begin to feel like we're not making any difference. And then we start to feel the weight of that call, and we feel unworthy, and we feel unprepared, and we feel unacceptable, and we feel like I'm not good enough. And then we begin to question the call, and maybe I shouldn't be a kingdom church, or maybe I shouldn't be doing this, or maybe we shouldn't keep going as a church, or maybe we, we begin to question the very reality and these existential questions of our lives. What has God called me to, and why am I here, and where am I going? It's because we began to live our lives with an empty and we continue to try to love God, and we continue to try to love people, but we're doing it from a position of emptiness. Not a good emptiness, a bad emptiness. We begin to do it out of maybe uh, something in our lives that we begin to love people with maybe a little bit of a string attached. We love God with maybe a bit of a string attached. You have to understand something, that this idea of your love is a core, core, core reality of, our, of the church, of our church, Kingdom Church, Love City Church. That this love that God has called us to experience is, is we have to check our heart. Because when you express your love for people, you're expressing your love for God. And when you, express your, when, you, when you express your love for people, you're showing an expression of love for God. Now, Now, I love my mama. And my mama can beat up your mama. And she's a better cook than your mama, so stand back. See, that's called preferential love. I just love my mama whether she's a terrible cook or not. I just love her. Better, she's better than your mom, even though she's a terrible, she's not a terrible cook, mom. She's watching right now. Mom, you're a great cook. I love you. My mama's better than your mama. That's preferential love. That's love based on my feelings. I'm from Portland, Oregon, and there's a, a restaurant down on Northwest 23rd called New York Pizza. And it's terrible pizza, but I love it because I grew up eating it. So I think it's the best pizza on the planet. That's preferential love. That's based on feelings. That's based on what I like. That's based on my own sense of my own desire. But we have to understand something, that that's not the type of love that God has called us to have. In the book of 1 John, this is uh, Jesus' closest friend. I call him the love doctor because everything he writes about is love. 1 John chapter 1, look at this, 4-7. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. So the ability to love people and the ability to love others and the ability to love God only comes from God. It's not the type of love that you can have with your human relationships. Yes, you can have a deep relationship with your spouse. Yes, you can have deep relationship with your children or your family or your friends. It's deep and it's intimate. But the type of love that this is talking about cannot come from your family. It cannot come from your boyfriend or your girlfriend. It cannot come from any natural means by any way, shape, or form. You cannot experience the type of love that I'm going to teach you about today without God. It only comes from God. And look what John continues. He says this, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. So that word love there is a word we all know. It's the same word used in Ephesians, same word used in 1 John. It's the word, as you probably know, the word agape. Now don't tune me out now. Hang on. Now, we all know the definition of the word agape, unconditional, without conditions, without expectation, no strings attached, without bounds, a love that never changes despite the circumstance. 
We love the fact that we know the definition of agape love. And we love the fact that God gives that to us. But we are supposed to give unconditional, unstrings, attached love, boundless love with no expectation, with no strings to others. And see, here we see that this type of love only comes from God. Now, this type of love, this unconditional love is a real heart issue for us. And this is my goal today. I want to bring you back to remind you why you're here. I want you to check your heart today. Because at the end of the day, we have to understand something. That if your mission is to lead people into an authentic relationship with Christ, then we must check our heart. we got to stick a dipstick in our heart and ask ourselves, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why do I come and set up this very small amount of pipe and tape? <laughs> why do I show up? And why do I invest myself? And why do I give my money? And why do I do this stuff? Are you doing it because there's a string attached? Are you doing it because there's a motivation that you might get on the stage? Are you doing it because you feel like God's going to love you more or you're going to have more friends? I want you to know today that our love, the love that we have as natural humans, is not to be trusted. This is a hard truth today. We have all have a hidden and a secret motivation in our heart, whether we realize it or not. In our subconscious of everything that we do, we have a motivation and a secret desire that we don't even realize at times. The Bible teaches us this in, in, in Jeremiah verse 17. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts, look at this, and examine secret motives. So I know you're today, wait, 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 I'm a, I'm a good person. Yeah, you are. And, and I do good things. Yes, you do. And I'm, I'm not like, a, like, a terror, like you're saying that when I go and do these things, I'm bad. No, no, I think you're, you're, you're a good person. That's fine. You can think you're a good person. That's fine. You think that. That's okay. You can accept that in your life. But I want you to know something, that despite what you think about yourself, you and I, left to ourselves, left to our own devices, left to our own desires, left to our own effort, left to our own mission and our own vision and our own heart, we will lead ourselves with secret motivations, with a string attached no matter what, even if we don't realize it. We have this string attached, and this verse informs us that we have a deep secret motive in our heart, and we have to dig down deep and root that out of our church and out of our lives in order to lead people into an authentic relationship with Christ with no strings attached. I want to encourage you today to check your heart because this natural love we have is rooted in selfishness. It's called a string. There's a string attached. There's something that exists there that if I, man, if I go do this, then I know I'm a ultimately know that this is going to happen. In a marriage relationship, if I do the dishes, then my wife will have sex with me. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and it sometimes works, but I mean, oh, if I, man, if I give this much money, maybe Pastor Harrison will recognize. Or man, if I, I better tell people that I, I better show people love or God's going to be mad at me. Or I better love people or I'm not going to make it to heaven. Or I better love people, or man, God's not going to be proud of me. 
We have this ideas in our mind that is all wrapped up in how it benefits us. In everything that we do, our motivation is always driven by our natural deceitful heart. And then we try to love God and we try to love people. And it's from a place of emptiness. And all we're really doing is building our own kingdom. And it leads to confusion. And it leads to distraction. And it leads to burnout. And that's why people leave churches because they join a team from an empty tank because they're really looking for affirmation. They're looking for approval. They had a dad who didn't love them or a mom who disrespected them or a pastor who mistreated them. So they come to the church and all they want to do is serve, 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 serve. And I tell people like that, you want to serve in my church, I want you to be, 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 be. I want you just to sit. No, 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 I need to be on the worship team. That's awesome. Sit and enjoy and let the Holy Spirit wash over your life and develop relationship. Because right now, we don't need you to be on this stage. We need your heart to come from with a right motivation. We can build our own kingdom without even realizing it. And I'm here to testify to you today from not only the hundreds of people that we've dealt with over the years, but also in my own life. You build your own kingdom. It will lead to destruction. It will lead you empty. It'll leave your relationship broken. It will leave your finances in disarray. It'll leave everything in your life broken and hurting. Divorce comes from selfishness, and brokenness comes from selfishness, and debt comes from selfishness. And all of these things we've seen in our life with addictions and sexual affairs and drugs, and all of these things come from one place, us trying to do things from an empty vessel. And so we see here in this verse that we have to understand something very important. This is real love. Not that we love God, but he loved us. And sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. This is what real love looks like. Not fake love, not motivational love, not strings attached love. This is what real love looks like. That God loved me first. That for it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. That's, that this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that you can't boast. The grace that God has for you and the love that God has for you, the true and tangible love that God has for you, has nothing to do with what you've done for him. He just loves you. So if my love is tainted and if I can't be trusted, and you're saying to me, excuse me, that it was a breakfast sandwich I had earlier. If you're saying to me that I can't engage in a team or I can't engage in life on my own strength without having a selfish motive, what do I do? <laughs> this is kind of a hopeless message, Ryan. You're leaving me high and dry, brother. You have to realize something very powerful about this scripture in 1 John 4:19. We love because he first loved us. Do you see that? Therefore, the only way for you to love God accurately and the only way for you to love others accurately is if you first let God love you. See, this is the part of the message where it hits your, it hits your, your conscious, but I wanted to get into your subconscious. Well, you heard this from an early age as a young person, or maybe you're new to your faith and you've been hearing it for a while, and now it's just, oh, I get it. No, 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 we want it to go deeper. Because you cannot accurately, authentically lead people into a relationship with Jesus Christ. You cannot love others and give to others and serve others unless you first stop and let God love you. 
See, in our previous uh, Ephesians 4, 1, look what Paul says to our key text. He says, therefore, I, a prisoner. So therefore, that word means because I just said this. Because I just articulated what I just articulated, I want you to live a life worthy of the call of God. But what did Paul say in the last three chapters that would be a therefore? Like, okay, I said this, now do this. Well, we look just three verses prior, and look what Paul says in the previous verse. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have the power together with all the Lord's holy people. Look at this. To grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled to the measure of all of the fullness of God. So what Paul says here, he says, okay, I'm talking to the church now today. Saying my prayer is, is that you would grasp the depth, the width, the height, and the length of God's love for you. That word grasp has two ideas to it. The first idea is to comprehend. That you would lay a hold of your mind. Your mind will be able to finally accept this fact. That you will never be able to figure out why God loves you so much. You'll never be able to come to the place where you say, I just can't figure it out. I, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm okay with the fact that if I do good things, then God loves me. I get that. But I don't understand how God could love me despite my failures. I don't understand how God could love me despite my mistakes. I don't understand how God could love me even though I feel wounded and broken and hurting. And I, I, I was addicted to pornography or addicted to drugs or I've had an affair or I got a divorce. I don't know how God could love me when I have cynicism in my heart or unforgiveness or bitterness. How could a God love me like that? We cannot process it with our brain. Why? Because it's high and long and wide and deep and it is too large for you to fully comprehend that's why Paul prayed I pray that you might be able to comprehend to grasp the fact that you will never be able to figure out why God loves you so much so instead of trying to sabotage your father's love for you because you don't get it let down your mental guard and just accept it all right God I don't understand how I was a deep, deep sin, addicted in my life. I don't deserve my family. I don't deserve my life. I don't deserve what I have. It literally makes no sense. But all right, Lord, yes, I receive it. Something changes in you now. He knew how difficult it was for us because we want to rationalize everything, want to intellectualize, especially young people these days. You know, I feel weird saying that, being young people. I'm kind of old, I guess. Not as old as a few of you in the room, thank God, but just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. No Google reviews. Thank you. We can't process it with our mind. And a lot of people are stuck in their head. And the reason you come to church is because you grew up coming to church, but you've never actually allowed God to work past your intellectual thinking because you won't be able to figure it out ever. You can't put a scientific algorithm to it. You can't figure it out in your university. You can't figure it out through listening to podcasts. You can't figure it out through listening to that hottest, newest teacher or reading that greatest, newest book. You can't figure those things out. It is something that the Holy Spirit does in your mind. And he's waiting for you to say, I, Holy Spirit, I don't get it, but I want to receive it. So you have to comprehend it, that idea of comprehension. The other thing is the apprehension. So something that you take hold of. Something that you grab on with your mind. The idea that God loves you, listen to this, even while you were in sin. This is such a crazy thought. 
that people think that God only loves you because you accepted him. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Now, I know you've heard this before, but I want this to go past your rational thinking. Go deeper in your thinking to understand that while you were still in sin, he loved you unconditionally. It wasn't like you came to church and gave your life to Christ. Oh, now I love you. No, he loves you right now, exactly where you are. No questions asked, no matter what. You say, Ryan, that's not true. What about the wrath of God? That's what Jesus came to earth. To cover you with the righteousness of Christ, with the blood of Jesus. That when God looks down at you as you accept Christ into your life, he looks down at you and all he sees is the righteousness of Jesus. He doesn't see your sin. He doesn't see your wrong. He doesn't see your pain. He He doesn't see the things that are keeping you back from him. He looks down and all he sees is his son and the blood and the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And he says, that's my son and that's my daughter. And they're redeemed and they're transformed. And as far as the east is from the west, so I've removed their transgressions from them that that today's a day his mercies are new every single day come on God loves you despite what you think despite what your brain tells you the lies of the enemy despite what you wake up thinking despite what your parents said to you despite what your family said to you despite what some terrible pastor taught you that God doesn't love you until you do this that's a lie from the pit of the he- of hell God loves you even while you were still in sin so stop fighting it in your mind and just accept it for he will always be there available to you and run to you when you run to him look at the second part of this verse in Ephesians 3 It says, and to know this love that surpasses all. I pray that you might know this love. That word is the Greek word, gnosko, or epigonosko. And that word there, love, is the idea of an intimate experience. Now, this is where I think it's interesting, because we have a lot of churches who are all about the intimate experience and don't use their brains ever. (laughs) And then there's a lot of people who are all about their brains, but they never allow the experience. No emotions, only intellectualism. And then the others are like, only emotions. Let's just not think for the next 40 years. See, God wants you to know, Paul here is praying that you would experience it, that you would feel it, that not just in your mind, that it's got to go past your mind to your heart. This word is a Jewish idiom for, to identify the sexual intimate relationship between a married man and a married woman. That when a Man and a woman are together sexually. There is physical touch. There is intimacy. Your whole holistic person is engaged from your physical body to your emotions, to your heart, to your mind. My whole existence is encountering an intimate moment with this person. That is exactly the same word used to define what God wants you to experience with the love of God. He wants you to experience his love. But this is the challenge. I believe many Christians are stuck in this place right here where you got it in your head. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe even here this morning. I got it, Ryan. I know. God loves me. I get it, dude. I get it. Yes, but have you ever let it actually impact your heart? Have you just shown up to church with an intellectual thinking of, yeah, God loves me. I say my prayer. I read my Bible. I give my money. But he wants to, he wants to impact your entire existence. He wants to change your heart. He wants to change your mind. He wants to change your emotions. He wants to change your physical body. He wants to transform you from the inside out. Now, many years ago, I made a terrible mistake in my marriage. 
And I love being open about it because the Bible teaches that if you confess your sins one to another, you will be healed. And I want someone else in the room to understand that in the body of believers, talking about your sin is not a no-no. Talking about your sin is something we should welcome. Because if we confess our sins one to another, you will be healed. (laughs) Hallelujah. I made a terrible decision early in my marriage relationship. My wife could have divorced me several years ago, uh, probably 10 years ago. And I remember sitting on the couch with my wife, and our knees were touching, and she came home from a trip, and I confessed my sin to her. That moment, my wife could have said, all right, we're done. But she looked me in the eyes. She placed her hand on my knee. And she said, Ryan, I don't know why, but I forgive you. Now, in that moment, I experienced, I felt the love of the Father. She completely forgave me. We went on a long journey. Hallelujah, but amazing marriage, amazing sex life. God is good. Hallelujah, we're helping tons of marriages. Come on, somebody. You can cheer for me if you want. Listen, my wife comes to engage me physically or comes to affirm me. Guess what I do? She'll come to me, hey, honey, how's it going? And she'll rub my back, and maybe she's filling in, you know, filling in the mood or something like that, you know, or maybe she just wanted to affirm me. You know what I do? I feel shame. I feel guilt. Why? Because I don't deserve it. You're trying to love me, and, and I look at you, and I see forgiveness, and I see grace, and it makes me feel like a piece of trash. But you know what? I sabotage my wife's love because I feel bad. This is where many Christians are today. God tries to come and love you and forgive you and redeem you and speak into your life and release you and transform you. And you just say, nope, I don't deserve it. Nope, stay away from me. Nope, I don't want it anymore. Nope, I can't receive it. I can get it in my mind, but I'm not allowed to let my heart open to you because I know you're going to heal me. I know you're going to transform me. I know you're going to make me new. And I don't deserve you to love me like you're going to love me. So I'm going to stand at arm's length, and I'm going to go to church, and I'm going to say my prayers, and I'm going to worship on the worship team, and I'm going to do all the right things, but I'm not going to let you actually transform my life because I don't deserve it for one moment. Paul here prayed, Lord, I pray that you would help them to grasp, comprehend the height and the width and the depth and the length of your love. And I also pray that you would help them have the power to know this love that is far beyond my knowledge. It surpasses our understanding. And then he gives this final verse, and I'll end with this today. And you guys can bring that over if you'd like. We come to the final point of our, our message here today. While they're bringing that up, I want to read this verse for you. And I want you to look on the screen. Just ignore them. They're just moving a table over for an analogy here. But I want you to look on the, on the screen. I want you to read this today. This is for you today. Some of you are here today, and you're feeling like, I don't deserve God's love. Look at this. I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, but fears for today, worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus. Nothing. The thing you have in your head right now, nothing. Now, we come to the end of our verse here and our end of our time today. 
Paul just prayed this prayer. He says, come on, live a life worthy of the weighted call of God. Humble yourself, love other people. Come on, make allowances because of your love. And he says, by the way, I want to remind you that I'm praying that your mind will be able to accept the love of God. I'm praying that you'll be able to finally just not stop sabotaging God's love and accept it into your life. And then he says this powerful part of this verse. He says this, so that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now, are you alive today? Look at that verse. This is why you come to church. This is why you pray. This is why you read your Bible. Because you want God to fill you up. You want to be filled to the brim with the joy and the love and the grace and the mercy of God. I want to feel the restoration and the transformation. I want to live that abundant life that God promises for me. Come on, I want to live strong. and I want to have faith. and I want to be a man of purity and a man of righteousness. I want what God has for me. I want to be filled up in my life. And Paul here teaches us how. He says this verse right here. Look at this. All right. I pray that you might be able to grasp the love of God for your life. So you start thinking about it. Oh, man, all these different things in my life, this fear and this shame in my life. And you know what, Jesus? I'm just going to let you finally stop trying to figure it out. I'm going to stop trying to process it. And I'm just going to just stop trying with my human effort to understand it. And I'm just going to accept it. And then what happens? All right, I want to move to your heart now. Maybe you're here today, you're just stuck in your head. And he wants to go to your heart. He begins to pour out his love in your heart and transform you and make you new and speak to your mind and your emotions and your soul and you're opening up to him. And you're, you're receiving correction and discipleship and all sorts of things are happening in your life. And look to the brim. You are full of the life and the joy and the grace of God. You feel more joy than you've ever felt beyond your understanding. Peace that surpasses understanding. Why during COVID and all that's going on am I so full of satisfaction and joy and life and contentment? It's because you're being filled with the love of God in your life. But then Paul says you'll be filled to the brim. But now we go back to Ephesians 4. When therefore I urge you, be as a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Live a life worthy. Now you can be humble and gentle. And it begins to overflow in your life. You love other people. You have an allowance for other people's faults. And you begin to love unconditionally without strings attached. And when people crucify you and people mock you and make fun of you and mistreat you, you can say, I forgive you. It's okay. Why? Because I never loved you with any string attached in the first place. Because when Jesus was put on a cross and he watched these people crucify him, he looked at them and said what? Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. My ex-husband can say whatever, he, I don't have an ex-husband, maybe you do. My ex-husband can say whatever he wants to me. You know, he, can, he can speak ill about me. That teacher at school can treat me however they want. That person at church, at church who keeps saying mean things about me, they can say, why? Because I just love you with no string attached. It's just overflowing out of my life. I just love you and I'm leading people into an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. Now I can serve this church and I can serve my family and I don't give because I feel guilty. I give because I'm responsible to the voice of the Holy Spirit in my life. You begin to experience the abundant life that God has for you. You might be here today and you are empty. You need to stop trying so hard. Go back and just let your Father love you. Just let Him love you again. Let Him speak life into you. Let Him affirm you. Let Him approve of you. Let Him speak life into you. Let Him begin to speak 
all these different thoughts to you that you think not about yourself. Oh, I'm not good enough, and I'm not a good enough dad or a mom. And he says, no, you're a son and daughter of God. You're a man of God. You're a woman of God. You're appearing in his eyes. You are righteous in God's sight. He loves you. He cares for you. He has a plan for you. That's God's intention and heart towards you. Let him begin to speak that in your heart, in your mind. Come on, would you stand with me this morning? I want to pray for you today. Come on, every eye closed in this place today, if you could. I always ask two questions whenever I speak. First question is just very simple. I, I want to just give an opportunity for anyone in the room today who maybe doesn't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You came in today, maybe it's your first time at church, or maybe you used to go to church, you got burned by something that happened. You've been gone for a while. Maybe you've come to Kingdom Church for a while, but your heart really hasn't been surrendered to him. Come on, every eye closed in this place. If you're here today and you'd like to give your life to Christ, I just want you to put your hand in the air real quick and put it back down. I'm not going to pull you forward. I'm not going to call you out. I just want to pray for you. Come on, anybody here today want to give their life to Jesus Christ and start this journey where he loves you and he believes in you and he has a plan for you. Come on, anybody today, just for a moment. Put your hand up real quick and then put it right back down. pray for every person in the room right now. Father, my prayer today, God, is that you would give them the power today to grasp how wide and how long and how deep your love is, Father. That they might have the power to know experientially this love, that their life would be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray for those in the room, God, who are feeling, Lord, exhausted and empty discouraged and depressed. Lord, the, the, the people in our church who've talked about suicide and Lord, ending things. And Lord, I believe there's some folks in the room today that have struggled in their mental uh, faculties when it comes to their own life and depression and anxiety. Lord, today in discouragement, we come right now, Father, we just pray, Lord, today that every mind here would be captured by the power of the Holy Spirit. But Lord, that even right now, I speak to every mind. I speak to every psyche today. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would, Father, blow past those lies of the devil in their mind. And blow past, Father, the, the thinking that they've received and the messages they've received and the narratives they received from the things of this world. And we pray that there be a transformation by by the renewal of their mind in the name of Jesus Christ right now. But I pray for those in the room, God, who get it with their minds, but Lord, it's been a long time since they've opened up their hearts. They've just been kind of going through the motions. Lord, they need to go back to their first love. I just pray for those in the room today, God, who, whose hearts are hurting and broken. Those in the room today, God, who are just going through the motions today, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would pour out your love. Come on, just place your hands out like you're going to receive a gift today. I believe that whether you see it or not, God's moving right now. Even when we don't see it, and even when we don't feel it, he's working. Come on, Holy Spirit, I pray right now, Lord, for those in the room, God, who have hard hearts, hard soil. We just pray you break that fallow ground right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, all the inhibitions and all of the things that 
cause them to have fear or what if this happens or what if that happens. God, I pray even right now, you would cause it to be a transformation, a spiritual moment like Paul had where the scales fell from his eyes and there was a transformed heart. I pray even right now, Holy Spirit, that there would cause a new fire in this church, God. Lord, a new flame in our heart to passionately pursue the presence of the Lord. I pray for every heart right now, Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray against pride. We begin to think that we don't need you, God. We begin to think that we've attained the life that we have on our own strength. Father, I just pray on behalf of Kingdom Church, Lord, just forgive us, God. We humble ourselves, God, because we want your grace. We want your mercy today. Lord, I pray, Father, even right now, Lord, against all religion. Eradicate religion from this place, knowing that, God, you put us here for a reason. Not to reach people with the letter of the law and religion, but to reach people by the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, with every eye closed, I'm going to ask this last question, and then I'll pray for you, and then... I'll, I'll, I'll get out of your hair today. Here today, and you say, Ryan, that message right there, I am right in that spot. And you're praying for me today. There's something about faith. I just believe today is an act of faith by putting your hand in the air saying, this is for me today. I want you here today say, this is for me. This is spoken to my heart. I want you just to put your hand in the air and keep your eyes closed for a moment. Come on, Holy Spirit, I just pray for those with their hands in the room right now that are lifted. Lord, that's a response. That's a step forward. That's a moment, God, where you've, they've opened their hearts up by saying, God, I want this. Right now, Holy Spirit, I pray for them. Come on, Holy Spirit, right now, I just pray, Holy Spirit, right now you come. Father, would you pour out your love in our hearts right now? Father, would you take away all the hindrances in their lives, God? Lord, I just pray against all, Lord, uh, sin in their life that's kept them back, that's kept them in hindrance, God. Unbelief, we pray against it right now. We pray, Holy Spirit, that there will be freedom. The Lord who the Son sets free is free indeed. The Lord that you came to bring life and life abundantly. And we silence the voice of the evil one who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Father, we believe that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we declare freedom in every heart, in every mind, in every life, in the power of Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to that message. If you want more information, if you made a decision to follow Jesus, head over to kingdomchurch.ca and fill out a connect card. We would love to get in contact with you. Until next time, take care.